Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today we're talking about Zhu Wen. I don't know enough about the period in Chinese history known as the Five Dynasties and Ten Kingdoms. This is the period stretching from the fall of the Tang Dynasty in 907 AD to either the founding of the Song Dynasty in 960, or, more broadly, the Song's finally successful reunification of China in 979 AD. I don't know enough about this period because, well, it's super complicated. I mean, just look at the name. Five dynasties and ten kingdoms in a space of only a few decades. It's super complicated with its division and parade of rotating regimes, so that when I was in school, we didn't even really get into it. Now, I'd like to remedy that a little, and I invite you to come along with me on this journey of filling a lacuna in my knowledge of Chinese history. I'd like to begin with the tale of Zhu Wen. Now, we've actually touched on this man, Zhu Wen, on this podcast before, when we did our episode on Huang Chao, the man who launched the rebellion during the late Tang Dynasty that very nearly destroyed it. Zhu Wen was a part of that rebellion. But let's start from the beginning. Zhu Wen was born in 852 AD in what is now the province of Anhui in southeastern China. His father was a schoolteacher, but he died young. And Zhu Wen had two older brothers. So his widowed mother brought up the three boys largely on her own, earning a living as a domestic worker for a wealthier family. From this underprivileged background, Zhu Wen grew up to become a crook. And he would have stayed a small-time crook, but in 875, Huang Chao launched his rebellion. In 877, Zhu Wen and his second brother left home to join Huang Chao's rebellion. The older brother soon died in battle, but Zhu Wen rose up through the ranks. In 880, Huang Chao sacked the Tang capital of Chang'an. Emperor Xizong of Tang ran for his life southward to the city of Chengdu in Sichuan. Huang Chao at this time sent Zhu Wen to negotiate with the Tang general Zhuge Shuang. Zhu Wen was persuasive and talked Zhuge Shuang into surrendering. Huang Chao then promoted Zhu Wen to a top job in 881, and Zhu Wen helped to secure the position of Huang Chao's regime. And he won numerous battles over the following year for his master. In 882, Zhu Wen met his wife, a woman surnamed Zhang. 
Miss Zhang would go on to share Zhu Wen's life for over twenty years, and she was frankly too good for him. She exercised a moderating influence on him over the years. But also in eight eighty two, Zhu Wen's luck turned, losing a battle to Tang General Wang Chongrong. In the wake of his defeat, Zhu Wen wrote to Huang Tao. Ten times to seek reinforcement, but another rebel by Huang Chao's side hid these missives from him, so Huang Chao never saw them and so never sent aid. Disappointed by Huang Chao, and deciding that the rebel's cause was doomed, Zhu Wen switched sides and surrendered to. Wang Chongrong. Some on Wang Chongrong's staff wanted to kill Zhu Wen, but Wang Chongrong said no. The Tang would pardon anyone from Huang Chao's rebellion who surrendered as a way to end the rebellion. And Zhu Wen had proven himself to be a great fighter. So Emperor Cizong of Tang was overjoyed by the news of his defection. He awarded Zhu Wen with a new position as a general, now serving the Tang. In 883, Zhu Wen led the Tang army against his erstwhile boss Huang Chao, forcing the latter out of the capital city Chang'an. He then took up the position of a provincial military governor. And at this time, Zhu Wen apparently. Implemented some interesting leadership techniques. He decreed that in his army, whenever an officer was killed in battle, every soldier serving in his unit under him had to be executed for failing to protect his leader. And he ordered everyone in his army to get a facial tattoo for easy identification. Although obviously, not so much for future job prospects. Wang Chao died the following year in eight eighty four, but his deputy, another former Tang general named Qin Zhongquan, took his place and continued the rebellion. So now Zhu Wen had to fight him. Though Zhu Wen won some battles against him from eight eighty four to eight eighty six. Qin Zhongquan's power grew at the expense of the Tang. In 887, Zhu Wen finally won decisively against Qin Zhongquan, but even then, Qin Zhongquan got away. It was not until 889 that Qin Zhongquan's own people betrayed him, broke his legs, and locked him up. Then sent word to Zhu Wen to surrender. Zhu Wen brought the now captive Qin Zhongquan back to the capital Chang'an to hand him over to the new emperor, Emperor Zhao Zong of Tang, who had acceded to the throne in 888. The emperor executed Qin Zhongquan and made Zhu Wen one of the top men in the Tang regime. During the war against Huang Chao's rebellion. 
Zhu Wen enjoyed the support of two other generals, also surnamed Zhu, who were cousins with each other, Zhu Xuan and Zhu Ji. But they had a falling out after the war, because the latter Zhu cousins tried to recruit Zhu Wen's men to come over to their side. In 892, Zhu Wen launched a war against his former friends. They further fought in 894 and 895. A notorious episode happened in 895. Zhu Wen defeated an enemy army of over 10,000 men, killing all but around 3,000, whom he took prisoner. As they cleared the battlefield afterward, a sudden wind arose. For no particular reason, Zhu Wen at this point declared that the wind was a sign from the gods. They must have been unhappy, because there had not been enough killing. Thereupon, he ordered the three thousand or so POWs to all be executed. And in the end, Zhu Wen won this war by 897. Meanwhile, the Tang Dynasty was truly on its last legs in the wake of the Huangchao Rebellion, even if they had ultimately put it down. In 900, the eunuch Liu Jishu and his confederates arrested Emperor Zhao Zong and placed his son on the throne. The following year, in 901, Chancellor Cui Ying, who was close to Zhu Wen, led the officers loyal to Emperor Zhao Zong to kill the eunuch Liu Jishu, and to put Emperor Zhao Zong back on the throne. Chancellor Cui Ying then wanted Zhu Wen to come into the capital and kill all the eunuchs for him. But the eunuchs also had outside support. In the form of friendly provincial military governors, Chancellor Cui Ying faked an imperial edict, calling Zhu Wen into the capital. Seeing what was happening, the eunuchs, led by one Han Quanhui, took Emperor Zhao Zong prisoner again and ran to the area called Fengxiang, led by a military governor friendly to their cause. So now Zhu Wen had to attack Fengxiang to get the emperor back. In 902, he laid siege to the city of Fengxiang until it practically ran out of food, and innumerable citizens starved or froze to death. In early 903, the military governor of Fengxiang gave up. He killed all the eunuchs who had come to him for help. Then he surrendered to Zhu Wen, returning Emperor Zhao Zong to him. Zhu Wen brought Emperor Zhao Zong back to the capital. After that, the emperor was no more than Zhu Wen's puppet. Zhu Wen ordered the massacre of over seven hundred eunuchs, and in that same year, he massacred the citizens of an entire city for daring to resist him. Over. One hundred thousand men, women, and children. 
This is another reason, by the way, the Five Dynasties and Ten Kingdoms isn't a popular period of history to talk about. It's just very depressing. In 904, Zhu Wen's wife, Lady Zhang, died. She had been the sensible one and had moderated his behavior over the years. Yes, the above atrocities happened when Zhu Wen was, relatively speaking, behaving himself. Now she was gone, and Zhu Wen was fully unleashed. So at this time, Zhu Wen proposed that the emperor should move the capital eastward to the city of Luoyang. But he was worried that many of the mandarins, including his erstwhile friend, Chancellor Cui Ying, would oppose the move. So, of course, he had them killed. Now, Emperor Zhao Zhong couldn't refuse his proposal to relocate the capital. Zhu Wen forced all the citizens in Chang'an to move with the government. And he demolished the palaces in the old capital. He had them float the wooden beams and pillars down the river to be fished back out near the city of Luoyang to be reused to build new palaces there. By this point, Emperor Zhao Zhong's former imperial guards were all dead or scattered, and all the armed men around him were loyal to Zhu Wen, not to the emperor. Still, Emperor Zhao Zhong had some servants and even some children around him, numbering some 200 individuals. Zhu Wen couldn't allow even these people loyal to the emperor to remain, and had them all killed, until Emperor Zhao Zhong truly had no one left by his side whom he could trust, not even a child. Zhu Wen was ready now to usurp the Tang throne. But now other provincial military governors banded together against him in the name of restoring the Tang dynasty. Zhu Wen decided to march against them, but worried that Emperor Zhao Zhong would try something in his absence. So, naturally, he had Emperor Zhao Zhong killed and put his 13-year-old son on the throne as Emperor Aizong of Tang. Then in 905, he murdered Emperor Aizong's nine older brothers, and then in one night, over 30 of the Tang dynasty's top officials, including the chancellor. In this, he was encouraged by his advisor, Li Zhen, a man who failed at the civil service exams and so hated these men who had risen to high positions through that same examination system. The two of them laughed as the dead bodies were brought to them. Then they threw all the bodies into the Yellow River, staining the water with their blood. Finally, in 907, Zhu Wen had his wish. After killing young Emperor Aizong's mother, he forced Aizong to abdicate in his favor. He took the throne declaring the end of the Tang dynasty. His dynasty would now be called the Liang. 
although posterity would typically call it the latter Liang, Hou Liang. Then he murdered the freshly abdicated Emperor Aizong. Thus began the period in Chinese history known as the Five Dynasties and Ten Kingdoms. A pause here to explain that term. Five Dynasties and Ten Kingdoms. Generally speaking, to simplify, the Five Dynasties were the five regimes that ruled over northern central China, the sort of imperial realm, of which Zhu Wen's Liang Dynasty was the first. But they would replace each other in quick succession. The Ten Kingdoms, to simplify, ruled over sections of southern China. How did they come about? Well, as Zhu Wen declared his new dynasty, the provincial military governors, warlords, still held on to power in their respective provinces. Now, some of them continued to maintain nominal loyalty to the Tang, while others were willing to negotiate with the new Liang regime. Zhu Wen granted the latter set of governors various titles, and these provinces developed into the Ten Kingdoms, because ultimately they were, of course, not loyal to Zhu Wen. And at this time, the warlord Li Keyong, who controlled the area today called Shanxi, the province of Shanxi, which back then was called the Jing, claimed the mantle of the Tang dynasty. Zhu Wen sent an army against him. Li Keyong died of an illness in 908, succeeded by his son, Li Chunxu. But Zhu Wen's war against Li Keyong and Li Chunxu was ultimately unsuccessful, much to Zhu Wen's annoyance. He blamed the failure on his underlings, which in the end caused some of them to defect to the other side. Repeatedly frustrated, Zhu Wen now sought release in the bedroom. After his wife's death in 908, Zhu Wen already began the remarkable and scandalous habit of engaging in affairs with his own daughters-in-law, the wives of his sons. Just as remarkably, his sons seemed less than upset about this. Instead, they urged their wives to win the favor of the old man, their father-in-law. In 911, another warlord sided with his enemies, the Li family. Zhu Wen sent an army against him. Again, the campaign was unsuccessful. In 912, Zhu Wen led an army personally to go as reinforcement, nominally of half a million men. Still, the campaign failed. Meanwhile, Zhu Wen was getting older and was not as healthy as he used to be. The long journey took a toll on him, and he fell ill, and very nearly died. But no, not yet. The health scare, though, made him think about succession. His eldest son had died young, and his other sons were all, in his eyes, not up to the task of government. 
All that remained was his one adopted son, Zhu Youwen. So he decided to make this adopted son his heir, declaring him the crown prince. But remember, he was sleeping with the wives of all his sons. So these wives, these daughters-in-law, were by his side. Now he asked the wife of Zhu Youwen, the adopted son, to go and tell her husband that he'd been chosen as heir. But the wife of one of his true-born sons, Zhu Yougui, saw this and realized what was happening. She sent word to her husband to warn him. Zhu Yougui disguised himself and snuck into the ranks of the imperial guard, the commanding officer of which was a friend of his. The friend agreed to support him for the throne. Zhu Yougui and his confederates snuck into the palace. In the middle of the night, they rushed into the emperor's chambers. The servants ran away, leaving Zhu Wen all alone. He confronted the rebels, demanding to know who dared to challenge him. His son, Zhu Yougui, stepped forth and said, Father, it is I. Zhu Wen cursed out his son. Calmly, Zhu Yougui ordered his stable boy to go after Zhu Wen. The stable boy swung his broadsword at the emperor. Though aging and sick, Zhu Wen summoned his last measure of strength and fought the stable boy for several rounds. But then his strength failed. He fell down beside his bed. The stable boy rushed in close and stabbed him through the stomach. So Zhu Wen died. His son and usurper, Zhu Yougui, wrapped up his body and hid it. Then, in his father's name, he issued a decree calling for the death of his adoptive brother, Zhu Youwen, the one Zhu Wen had wanted to be his successor. After he killed his adoptive brother, Zhu Yougui finally announced Zhu Wen's death and succeeded as emperor. The problem was that everyone knew he murdered his own father, so few courtiers were willing to follow him. Additionally, he seemed weak in the eyes of the warlords in the provinces. So, within just a few months, by early 913, his brother, Zhu Youzhen, launched a campaign against him, entering the capital within a few weeks, killing him and replacing him. But what were they fighting over anyway? Five dynasties and ten kingdoms, remember? So this so-called dynasty of theirs, the latter Liang, would only last another ten years anyway, falling in 923 to its nemesis, the Li family. Li Chuanxu declared his own dynasty, calling it the latter Tang, claiming to be a continuation of the Tang dynasty. It wouldn't last long either. But that's another story 
for another time. Meanwhile, that is the depressing tale of Zhu Wen, the man who formally ended the Tang Dynasty and initiated this period of chaos and bloodshed. On that note, this has been MODG. Thank you for listening.